Welcome to Talking Confidence with me, Holly Kaplan. Having confidence in the workplace is essential for progress, fulfillment, and yes, survival. The issue is that confidence doesn't always come easy and is impacted and influenced along the way. Well, as a confidence coach, I know the key to finding and keeping your confidence is to recognize how professional situations have affected how you think of yourself. In this podcast together, we will examine exactly what impacts women's confidence in the workplace. We're going to get raw in these episodes. We are going to peel back the layers of social interactions, company culture, gender discrimination, ageism, and more. My guests will include entrepreneurs, corporate executives, and business owners. We are going to get down to what these women are really feeling. Expect vulnerability, openness, and relatability. But most importantly, expect to find your confidence. In your early 20s, you may have a vision and plan as to how you want your life to play out. You know what you'll be getting your degree in, what career you want, and where you want to live. You confidently and excitedly envision engaging in your life events as planned. Sounds great, right? But then tragedy hits. A tragedy so unfathomable and unexpected that your plans come to a halt. And after living in the moments of shock from the tragedy, you are tasked with how to begin to heal, regroup, and rethink your set plans. Do you give yourself time and be gentle with yourself? Or do you try to rush back into what felt normal before? And how do you find the confidence to pick yourself up so you can just keep moving? There is no formula for this. Recovery from tragedy is personal. My guest today is very familiar with this scenario. She faced a tragedy that changed her trajectory. Yet over the years, through support and being open to what life brings her, she has been able to persevere, find her confidence, and has landed exactly where she was meant to be. Please be sure to listen through to the end of this podcast so you can hear my two tips on how to find your confidence when the unexpected happens. Jordan Wilkerson, my guest today, took on her current role as co-host of First Coast Living in 2021. She transferred from First Coast News Sister Station in Seattle, King 5. Since 2015, Jordan has covered weather, traffic, and feature stories in Charleston, South Carolina, and across the state of Washington. As a meteorologist, she has dealt with her fair share of severe weather, including snow, wind, ice storms, and hurricanes, with one of her most memorable experiences being covering Hurricane Matthew while working in South Carolina. Jordan always knew she wanted to be a meteorologist, so much so that she became the weather anchor for her middle and high school. However, she's excited to flex her feature muscle and cover local businesses, events, and the occasional celebrity visit on First Coast Living. Jordan is married to her husband, Rob, who retired from the U.S. Navy in 2021, and they have two rescue terriers, Brody and Walter. She's a Florida native, so she's elated to be back in her home state. In her spare time, she likes to hang out at the beach and spend time with family. You can find Jordan on air with her co-host, Mike Prangley, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on WTLV NBC 12 and 3 p.m. on WJXX ABC 25 and online at firstcoastliving.net. Jordan, I'm so excited to have you here today with me. I am so fortunate that I've had you as a friend for the last year. And before we get into our questions today, let's kind of talk about how we know each other. Yes, I'm so honored that you asked me to be a part of this. And I know we haven't officially met in person, but I feel like, yeah, we have a great connection. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. Um, We got to meet during Women's History Month last March because we did a segment together. Yes. Fabulous at your job. And will you please oh. tell the listeners what you do? 
Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, it's funny because I'm actually a meteorologist, but during the pandemic, you know, priorities change and it kind of, it's really interesting how it kind of tied in with our segment. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, reevaluating your priorities during the pandemic, maybe uh, starting a new career, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So that was what the topic was about when we did our segment. But I switched from doing meteorology and news for seven years to hosting a lifestyle show. Yes. And that's how we got to connect because of the lifestyle show we were doing a topic for, you know, the pandemic for Women's History Month. And it just so happened that I was one of the examples of kind of what you were talking about, people changing their priorities, realizing what they really wanted to do. And the pandemic really kind of pushed everyone to start making those changes. It really did. And you had just moved to Florida at the time. Yes. You had just been through your own personal changes, moving to a completely different state. Exactly. And that was part of it too. I, you know, I'm from Florida and my husband was in the Navy. He retired last summer. So we were very excited. Um, But we were on the West Coast. We were in Seattle for a few years. And I realized during the pandemic, I haven't seen my family in like two years. And, you know, I love news. You know, I love doing weather, but, you know, the news industry can be demanding. You're working all the holidays, all the crazy hours. I'd wake up at 2 a.m. So my quality of life wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I saw this opportunity for this hosting gig in in Jacksonville, I'm from Clearwater, like the Tampa Bay area, but yeah. Jack, I have family in Jacksonville. So like I got to stay with my grandma while my Aww. husband was finishing up you know, his military, he had a few more months left. So when you and I met, I was down at my grandma's house doing the interview. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I was just so blessed to be able to like have that opportunity to be near family again. And now they watch me on TV every day. And it's just, it's just crazy how it all worked out. It worked out really well for you. Yes. It really did. And that interview that we did, we both had on like cute tops, but we both had slippers on. Let me just say that. Oh, totally. I'm Zoom. pretty sure I had sweatpants on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew it was happening on the feet. They didn't need nope. to know. Nope. Well, you've already provided a good segue. Will you tell us a little bit more about yourself? We know you have an amazing husband and you're back in Florida, but what else um, did Jordan do we need to know about? Well, um, you know, getting into meteorology was very... Uh, not simple necessarily, but I, I always knew what I wanted to be when I was a kid. Let's just say that. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones who never questioned what they wanted to be when they were going to grow up. So I had a very, what I thought would be an easy straight line track to that finish line. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at first it was, you know, I, I was interested initially in being a storm chaser as a little kid. I saw a water spout for the first time and just was like in awe, but also scared. And, but I wanted to know how it worked. Uh-huh. And my dad would tape me the documentaries, you know, Twister, Fury in the Plains. And Twister is my favorite movie, by the way. <laughs> but um, I realized, you know, that it's really you're doing it for the science and you you kind of get sponsored to do it. So you don't really make a ton of money doing that. And it's very dangerous. So then when I got into middle school, we had a morning announcements show where we had a green screen and everything. We had a little studio and I tried out to be the weather girl. And I got it. And so I did weather for my middle school and my high school. But in middle school is when I realized this is actually what I want to do because I get to talk about my love for weather. But then I also get to be in front of the camera because I do like that as well. I I was raised as the only child. I do have a sister. We're 18 years apart, though. So my mom had a baby when I was 18. And so, you know, I was raised as the only child, which means I got a lot of the attention. Right. So I do like being in front of the camera that kind of helped with that, I guess that my raising, but then I just was like, okay, you know, uh, graduate high school, 
pick a college that's going to help me get in that direction. And of course, things did happen and get in the way of that. Tell me about that vision and kind of how you expected it to play out. Like you had said, you figured you'd finish high school and go to college. And then yeah. how did how did things change? Because I think a lot of people are, are going to connect with that. Yes. Because we all so, have this, these expectations and then something shifts. Right. It changes our trajectory. It, it can totally change your plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it changed my path to the plan. I never kept my eye off my focus. It, it just took a little bit longer and I'll tell you why. So, um, when I turned 20, I ended up staying local, you know, at home and going to community college right out of high school. And I was 20. So I was partially done with my associates, like getting close to being done with my associate's degree. And I was engaged to my husband who was in the military already. And Eight days later, my dad died by suicide. And it was during the recession. Uh, well, as it was starting, because I think everyone thinks 2008 as like the recession, but it was 2007. Mm-hmm. It was actually April 2007. So this year will be 15 years. Oh and honestly, gosh. I can't believe it. I, I'm so um, sorry. Let me just say. Oh, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's, you know, I don't want to downplay, you know, Debt, like I, I feel weird. Like obviously, suicide is it's like the worst thing because you never get to say goodbye. There's no closure. Sure. But I know there are some people who, like, I know people who've lost their children. So I feel weird being like, oh, you know, this was so sad for me because, like, we are expected to lose our parents. Like that's the yeah. order that it's supposed to go in. Yeah. But to lose it, to lose him that abruptly, I guess I should say, or suddenly, that was one of it was the hardest thing I've ever dealt with. And I lived with him at the time. So it was really, really hard because we had a really good relationship, but he had lost his job during that whole, you know, crazy time. And, uh, he'd been with the company for 10 years and they got him out to hire someone for less money. And he did try to, yeah. So he felt betrayed, you know, which is another sad thing. And he did end up finding another job, but he was only at it for three months before he just decided he couldn't do it anymore, I guess. But, um, we were already paycheck to paycheck. I didn't realize how far behind we were because I was 20 and like, he didn't want to bother me with that. I was in school. Like he just wanted me to focus on school. Like he didn't even care if I had a job because my job was to be a student. Like that's because I was the first person in my family to go to college. Like he wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be like the rest of the family, which I know college isn't for everybody. So I'm not downplaying not going to college. Like if you didn't go to college, like that's, you know, that's proud of you. That's fine. You know, proud of you. But for me, he always wanted that. So I was glad that I was like heading in that direction. And I know he was proud of me. So thank God, you know, we had good communication because if, if he never had told me that and then he died as suddenly, like that would have been, I would have always been thinking about that. So thankfully I do have that. Right. So, so then it happened and I was, I mean, it was very traumatic because I was there and thank God I didn't see, I didn't see anything gruesome. Um, but I did see him still alive, but he was not with it. And I didn't see his face. He was face down on the bed. We don't need to get into too much detail, but he did shoot himself. And, um, I, I, yeah, it was just intense because his girlfriend was there and it, her scream is what woke me up. It was like six o'clock in the morning. Like they'd been up all night drinking and doing oh, drugs. No. And oh yeah, we found out later in the toxicology. And she wasn't making sense at all. She was naked. There was blood splatter on her. I mean, she's on, oh, 
like with the cops and I couldn't really understand her. And all of a sudden she goes, my boyfriend shot himself. And I just was like, no, 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 this can't be happening. Like, this is not real. And so I walked into the room and he was laying face down on the bed naked. Mm. And I'm like I said, I'm just so glad I didn't see any wounds or anything, but he was, it sounded like he was struggling to breathe. Like he was still, so I thought, okay, there's, there's a chance maybe like he's still alive. Like, but I walked out of the room cause I just couldn't, like, I just right. couldn't look at him, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, they came and they put him in a helicopter and took him to the hospital. And then they said he was gone Aww. and I just did not know what to do because he was like everything to me. I mean, I have a good I... relationship with my mom too, but yeah, you know, I lived with my dad during that time. And so it was just really, really hard. And, uh, I just said, what next? What now? Because yeah. he was like such a big decision maker in my life. Because like, like I said, all he was like, focus on school, focus on school. So like any other like decisions around life, he helped me make or made for me. And so and I still have a hard time making decisions because of that, I think, uh, because he he played such a big role on that. But anyway, well, he sounds like he was a great father. Oh, and that's another did. hard part. Like we got yeah. along so well and he cared. You know? I know. And he wanted the best for you. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted the best for you. And I just and, can't imagine at 20 years old how you. Yeah. I, so I am glad that I had those 20 years, you know, thank, yeah. thankfully. But so I, you know, sorry to go into all that detail, but I do want to let people know that it was not just like out of sight, out of mind, like I wasn't living in with, I, I was there. It was very traumatic and I did not get help right away. Actually, I, let me just, for the first two weeks went by and then I tried to go to therapy and it was too, it I couldn't even talk about it. It was just too much. Like it would not have benefited me. I, I don't think I was like, I wasn't, I was still in shock. Right. And so actually I didn't get help until 2019, like what, 12 years later. <laughs> um, but I was ready, you know, but I think, I think it would have benefited me if I would have done it a little bit earlier. But again, I just was like trying to just push through everything because I knew my plan go yes. to college to become a meteorologist. Yes. And, and I just tried to, I guess, distract myself with that. And, um, anyway, the house ended up going into foreclosure and it was just a crappy time. So then, <laughs> so that happened eight days after I got engaged. So that was April. And then that July I got married. My husband was like, listen, we already know we're getting married. Uh -huh. Let's just do it. Well, it'll be a secret <laughs> and we'll oh. tell everyone when we actually have a big wedding. Well, that big wedding didn't happen until 10 years later. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> everyone thought that we time. were still engaged. Oh. Yeah, everyone thought we were still engaged. Although, I mean, like my mom and my grandma knew because some people were like, okay, what are you going to do about insurance? Because even though I was 20, I was a full time student. So I had insurance under my dad and his company. You know what I mean? So they were all concerned, like, what am I going to do? Because I didn't have a job really. I had a job, but not that could pay for all of that, right? Sure. Uh, at that time. So, so, you know, when they inquired, what am I going to do? I said, well, it's all taken care of. Military's covering me now. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a military so, spouse. I get it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It. And that's not why we did it sooner than later. Because a lot of people think that, you know, oh, you did it because you'll get a little extra money. It's like, no, we were already engaged. And my husband wanted to make sure that I'm going to be taken care of. And you know what I mean? Like he didn't want, because there was no money left for me. The house got into for went to foreclosure. Like there was nothing left for me because we didn't have anything. Right. <laughs> so, and it's like, I'd much rather have my dad than any of those things. But like, you have to think about that when you're moving forward, like, how am I going to take care of myself? You know, it was just, it just worked out. Like everything just worked out. Thank God. And, um, so yeah, so then we moved across country. <laughs> 
to Washington State for the first time. Right. Because uh, I've, I've lived there twice. He's lived there three times being stationed. Was that in the plan, Jordan? Like your 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 original plan with your of husband? Of course not. Okay. So that, no. wasn't, that wasn't in the plan. Okay. No. So okay. initially what I was going to do, well, I wanted to go to Florida State University. I wanted to go to FSU because they have a good meteorology program. But I ended up, you know, money-wise and everything just kind of staying local, doing the community college, being able to stay home. And I started kind of working on communications because mm-hmm. the, the small school I went to didn't really have like a meteorology program. And then the goal after that was to go to FSU, right? But then, you know, things got in the way yes. and got married, moved cross country. And I actually decided to take a couple years off. I didn't know it was going to be two years, but I just was not ready to go back right away. I don't blame you. I don't, That's a lot. Yeah. Everything you, you went through with losing your dad and then being faced with all that change is a lot. I don't blame you for taking two years off. Yeah. I I didn't want to, but Uh I didn't feel comfortable navigating Seattle on my own. Right. And I didn't have any friends or family or, you know, no, I knew nobody. So I just was like, let me get to know the area. Let me feel more comfortable being here. So I got, you know, I was a barista for a while, which was actually a really fun job. Uh, I also was a receptionist at a hair salon and well, they also did nails And, you know, so I did all those little like side jobs to until I figured out. And then once like a year went by a year and a half, I thought, is this going to happen for me? Like, what am I doing? Why am I I need because I was so driven and then I kind of lost it. Right. But I was like, my dad would not want me to give up. And I also wanted to prove it to myself and others that I didn't necessarily need him to constantly be pushing me. He already instilled it in me. So now it's my turn to continue. Mm -hmm. And so then I did enroll in college up there, University of Washington. I didn't necessarily get into the Seattle campus, which was the the main campus, but they had two smaller campuses and I got into the Tacoma one and they didn't have meteorology like the Seattle campus did. So I was like, okay, I'll take one semester uh-huh. and then I'll transfer. But no, you have to like reapply, which it probably would have been easier for me to reapply after the second time. But Seattle campus was so intimidating, like how big it is and to navigate that. I just was like, you know what? I'll go to the smaller school. You know, it'll be like, what, 30 or 40 people in your class versus 200 or whatever, you know? So it was like, I felt like it would be more manageable. And so I did that with communications and I'm like, well, at least it'll just get my foot in the door and I can always go back for meteorology. So there were so many little things that could have stopped me. Well, not all little, some big things too, that could have stopped me. But I just knew like, this is what I wanted to be. I can't give up on it, you know? Right. And I love that you kept your focus, but you also allowed your time to build a bridge, yeah. you know, for, in that in that time frame to go to work in the salon uh, right. and do some different things until you got to that spot. Because it sounds like it was timing. Like, okay, right. you, re- you reached your mark and it was your time. I was ready. Right. And, and that's the thing too, about like the taking that time I needed to take that time, like hindsight's 2020, right? Cause when I was living it, I just thought this isn't like, is this going to happen for me? I'm seeing all my high school friends. Like I had two girlfriends who were anchors while I was doing weather, like in high school or yeah, so, yeah. and they were already at their first TV station by the time I was like enrolled again. And I really was hard on myself about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm, you know. I'm I'm just getting started and they're already there and is this going to happen for me and maybe I'm getting too old and you know I didn't actually graduate till I was 27 uh-huh. and I always thought I'd be one of those that are done you know it's done by 22 23 and so at my first TV job <laughs> I'm like one of the oldest ones but it, you know 
I was just proud that I finished and that I even got a job in the industry I wanted to. Yeah, that you did it. You did it. Right, right. So, but I needed that time to take that break or else I don't know if I would have been as successful in school at that. You know what I mean? Like I might not have been as focused. I might have been more distracted or depressed or, you know, I just needed that time to kind of find myself again. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I, a lot of people would not have allowed themselves that, but you did. And it sounds like it's, that's what gave you some grace. What was your, what was your confidence like at that time? And I want people to hear this because that was a period of transition and I want people to know it's okay. Well, I will say that I was very blessed, lucky, whatever you want to say, to have a family that believed in me. And every day my dad would tell me, you're beautiful. You can be anything you want to be. I mean, I was never, I never felt like anything was out of reach. And when you grow up that way, you just think like the world is your oyster and you could pretty much do whatever you want. So like I was, I had that built in confidence from a young age. Right. Right. And then as I got older and those things start to happen, when I was, you know, kept saying, I don't know if it's going to happen for me. I don't know if it's going to happen for me. I lost my confidence completely. Like I, I, <laughs> I mean, so, but, but I think the reason I was able to find it again was because of that foundation I had. And I know not everybody gets that right. So it's mm-hmm. going to be harder for people who didn't have that growing up but you still have to bite the bullet and, and get there again. Like it doesn't just turn on like a light. Right. And I think just, you know, my husband really helped with that. You got to have a good support system. So he would say, he'd be like, babe, you cannot compare yourself to people. They have not gone through what you've gone through. And having not gone to college immediately right after back to it or whatever, um, you know, you're you're gaining real world experience that they're not going to have because they went from high school to college to their first job. And he goes, you've, you've had hospitality. So you're really good at talking with people. You've had, you know, this, that you've been able to do all this stuff and that's just going to make you more well-rounded. And, and at first, you know, I just was like, he's just saying this to make me feel better. Yeah, whatever. But like <laughs> now right. that I've been through it, he was so right. And, you know, and I was praising my friends. It wasn't like, I was like, they're, you know, they think they're better. I never thought anything like that, but I did feel less than. Right. And I, and I would never let anybody like know that until now. You know well, what I mean? Right. That was my next question is like, did yeah. you tell people how you were feeling? And I, no. it sounds like you were sharing with your husband, but it was something yeah, you, he more, knew. you more like internalized and went, okay. Okay. Oh, totally. And then the fact of not having therapy, you know, that can be damaging. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just so glad that I had that support system because if I, if he and I were not together when all this went down, uh-huh. I don't know what would have happened. I could have just fallen victim to well, it's not going to happen for me. I might as well just take a whatever job and, and just, I don't, you never know. And so having that support system, if you don't have that support system, just finding a friend who believes in you or talk, you know, talking to a family member. And I mean, it really only took that one person, my husband, I didn't need a whole group around me. Right. So if you could just find that one person who has your back and who can uplift you. Yes. And yeah, it really makes the difference. And how many years married now, Jordan? 15? It'll be 15 yep. this year. Good Isn't man. Crazy? I like 17 him. together. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I like him. <laughs> we'll keep him. Yeah. Yeah. And my we'll da- what's him. really cool though, Holly, is my dad liked him too. And I was so glad that I had his blessing because like I said, we were engaged and then like a little over a week later he died, but he saw my ring. He, he thought Rob was impressive because he was in the military on submarines. He thought that was really cool. So they had met a few times, you know, 
And because uh, he was, you know, he was still deploying when we were kind of even just dating. So he wasn't around all the time. But when my husband, when my dad met my husband before he was my husband, he did like him. And that that made me feel good, too. That was kind of where you got the blessing from him. I exactly. Think, is that he mm-hmm. was he he liked him. He liked him. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, I thought for sure my dad's going to walk me down the aisle. He's going to be there when I graduate. He's going to be at all those milestones. And, you know, it was really hard. But like I did get uh, his cremated remains in a locket. And I wore that when I walked down the aisle. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was really cool. Okay. I'm having a moment. Hold Stop. <laughs> I'm having a, I'm don't make me get in there again to the oh. emotions. No, but that's, you know, that's another thing. We don't want to hide our emotions. No. I'm, I'm done hiding. You know, I was ashamed of my dad's suicide for the longest time because I was like, when I tell people that they're going to judge him. And I, no. I was like, he was like the most amazing person. He just couldn't take you know, losing the job. And he, like, he did suffer with a little bit of substance abuse and, yeah, you know, it's just, it was just very unfortunate. And I just wish that I realized it in that moment, what he was going through because I didn't, but right. now looking back, I'm like, yeah, he was hurting. And, and it just was unfortunate. I didn't see the signs at the time. And I, I'm not trying to put all that pressure on me, but that was also something that came right after that was, oh my gosh, like I should have known. You know, maybe well, I could have stopped this. Well, it's like you said, he was trying to protect you. You know, yeah. He, yeah. he wanted you to be that student. He wanted you to be a yes. kid and do what you needed to do and stay focused. Yeah. He didn't want to bring me down. He didn't want to bring you down. No. Yeah. So when you got finished with your degree, what were your steps after that? So I got my degree um, and you have to pretty much get an internship. Uh-huh. you know, for this industry to be on the news and be in TV and stuff, you have to um, kind of present a demo reel of your work. So a news station will see what you have to offer and what you can do and how you are in front of a camera. And yes, you can do that without an internship. You know, nowadays people have a YouTube channel. I mean, you can tape record yourself doing anything, right? Oh yeah. Um, but it's good to get that experience from a station. So what I did was I interned with a station in Seattle. I interned with a meteorologist, even though I had a communications degree, not a meteorology degree yet. I did, I did take various like atmospheric science classes that I could fit into the curriculum. Uh-huh. Um, but I still didn't really have like all the knowledge yet but they allowed me to intern with the meteorologist. And that's when he taught me like how to kind of come up with your forecast because no one does that for you. You come up with all the meteorologists do their own forecasting. They look at models, they make their graphics. Like we don't have a producer who does all that for us. It's all, and we don't, it's all, and we don't do a teleprompter either. So it's basically a big PowerPoint presentation. Oh my. Uh, yeah. So you're basically just, you have the the map behind you or, you know, the green screen and you have the monitors, but you have to be able to know what you're talking about, put that information into a graphic, and then that becomes the PowerPoint and you talk about it, <laughs> just whatever you're seeing. And so I had already been in front of a green screen, you know, for middle school, high school. So obviously I, I could still practice, you know, that's never going to hurt, but I kind of already knew all that. I wanted to know the other stuff. So he helped me with the forecasting and how to build graphics. Um, And I was able to actually get my first TV job as a weather anchor. It was a very small market, which in this industry, you kind of have to pay your dues, as they say. Yep. So I I started at a very small market and I was making $11 an hour as a college, you know, graduate, which to me was hard to (laughs) to swallow. Um, And I, yeah, because at that point I wasn't even salary yet. 
And it actually, this is really funny. I don't think I told you this. My husband would send me $200 a month. It cost us $200 a month for me to have that job. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And I say, and I say, send me because I had to move away from him to take my first job. So there's another option. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. It was thankfully only three and a half hours east. So it was still in Washington, but he was, so he was near Seattle. I was in Eastern Washington. Um, and, but it was a sister station to the station I interned with. So it was a, a very easy transition, thankfully. Um, they were interested in me because they saw that I was an intern there and that I was under somebody who was very well known in Washington state. I mean, he'd been doing weather there for like 30 plus years. Everyone knew him. And so they were impressed by that, you know? And so I brought, I brought uh, myself to Eastern Washington and I did three days a week as a feature reporter. So covering like the fair or, you know, a new restaurant that opened up in the town. Were you loving it though? Were you loving it? Like, I just imagine you being in your wheelhouse. It was fun. It really was. But you know, and I did weather on the weekends. So the whole time though, I'm thinking, I want to do weather full time. I want, that's still my goal. But now looking back, I'm like, man, I got to do some really cool stuff for free. You know, like I got to, I I can't even like think, I mean, it was like so many things and I was only there for 10 months. I signed a two-year contract, but I was able to get out because my husband made chief and then we moved to Charleston. And so I was allowed to leave without penalty. Um, But yeah, it's so crazy looking back. And I think that's why I transitioned now into the hosting position because it is more feature. It's less uh, news heavy, you know, we don't really talk about the, dis- the, dis- or, uh, I was gonna say disappointing, the pressing stuff, right. um, like we do in news. So, but before I got to that realization, I, I still was like, I want to do weather. I want to do weather. So I was away from my husband for 10 months. Then we reconvene and meet back up in Charleston. And I just so happened to find an opening for a meteorologist, which I wasn't yet, but they knew that I was going back for uh, my degree. And so they hired me. I'm like, how am I getting a job where my husband just got stationed? Like, this is all lining up. That's why, Holly, totally lining I, up. I feel like it was my purpose. Like, even though I had all those obstacles and had so many times where I could have given up or, you know, different reasons to where I thought this would not work. When I got back into it, everything just fell in place. Mm-hmm. It sure it's did. very very strange, but amazing, profound. And so I enrolled in meteorology, like a meteorology program through Mississippi State uh, University, and they have a great online program for people who are working full time that is specifically related to broadcast meteorology. And, you know, people had been telling me, you should just do this. You should just do this. Like even people in Seattle, you know, at that station I interned, they would say, just go back to, you know, Mississippi State. They have a great online program. So that's how I found out about that. Cause I thought, you know, well, I'll figure it out. I'll, wherever we end up, I'll try to go to school there. But I'm so grateful that this was an opportunity because I would not have had the time to go in a classroom setting. Again, talk full about time. timing. Timing was right. everything. Right, exactly. And so I enrolled in that. So technically, I was still a weather anchor in Charleston. They also taught me traffic. So I did weather and traffic. But then I got my degree and became a meteorologist. It, It took a little longer than the track that you would normally take for that program. Mm -hmm. But so that timing again, I, you know, I'm I'm hard on myself because I'm like, man, I'm not going to be done when like you would normally be done. But I, I really had to learn to give myself some grace. Right. And that was hard, but I did. And I got through it. 
and you landed where you're supposed to be. Right. Well, this is what another part that's really funny about the timing thing. So my husband got stationed in Seattle again and I got a job in Seattle. It was seamless. Oh my gosh. Yep. It was seamless. It it's unbelievable. It I mean, really everything is. everything fell into place mm-hmm. for you. This is a bigger question. What else would you attribute that to? Everything ultimately falling into place. Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I have a hard time with religion, but I do believe in a higher power. So I do think I had help, whether it was from a God or from my dad, you know, Uh, because I don't want to believe that he went to hell because he killed himself, you know? And, and so that's another thing I just have a hard time with, but, um, again, the support system of having my husband, but with the timing, I mean, to me, that seems like a higher power at hand because how does that, like, that's why I kept thinking this is actually what I'm supposed to do with my life. Right. You know, because things go easy. Like even with my husband, like it has just been easy. Our relationship has just been easy, which is amazing because that's not, I mean, of course you have arguments here and there, but we've never really had like a major fight. Yeah. You know, and I know that's not for, that doesn't happen to everybody. And so I just feel like everything I've done, maybe I have been guided by a higher power. I kind of think you, your, your dad's there, but yeah. 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 I talk to him all the time. I mean, I don't, I don't hear him, but, (laughs) but I, you know, sometimes I'll see things or hear songs on the radio that it's like unusual for that song to come on. And so I feel like he's there, but yeah, if he's, if he can do it, if he can help guide me, he is. He's doing it. I've yeah, totally. It. Totally. Well, that's a beautiful that's a beautiful part of the story, I think, that he's 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 with you. So I hope so. I really do. And it sucks because I I, I know he's proud of me, but I wish I could hear him say it again oh. now as I'm a professional. Yeah. And like to see me as a kid saying, I want to be on TV doing the weather, yeah. dad. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. And now I am. I know. And to, to, I just wish, and I like, I do think he can see it, but to have a conversation with him about it would just be amazing. So I know I'll see him again one day and you will, you know, you will, but I'm just so glad I never gave up. And like I said, I know it, it was instilled by my father and having a good support system around me. Right. And, um, he helped Just provide giving up. <laughs> he, he helped provide that foundation for you of believing in yourself. Exactly. And that's that's just priceless to me. Mm-hmm. So um what advice, Jordan, do you have for other women who would find themselves in your shoes? Like maybe their path has changed or they've had a tragedy. Right. What advice do you have for them? Because I think they need to hear. Yeah, it's hard because I mean I I hope people can take something from my story, but I know it's going to be different for some people because I did have that great foundation. I did have the support system and I know a lot of people don't have that. So it's, it's hard to relate probably in that sense for them to relate to me or me to relate to them. But I think overall, as long as you know that that is still something you want to do, I know it's easier said than done, but don't give up. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Because I went through so much, Holly, in that time. I mean, it took me seven years to be done with both of those degrees and then, you know, the breaks and all of that. And right. I was 27, like I said, before I got my first degree. And I, I mean, in the grand scheme of your life, that's still young. And I realize that. But when you're comparing yourself to everyone around you, 
it, it brings you down a little, right? Right. So I just think as long as you don't give up on yourself, you will get there. And when I look back, even, gosh, Holly, there were so many days where I just, I never was suicidal, but I, I definitely got depressed, right? I never, I love my life even when it was hard. So I don't, I never had to deal with that, thankfully. But there were times when I just thought like, why am I even still trying to do this, you know? Yeah. And there were times, like I said, that I wanted to give up. And now when I look back, I am just like, oh my God, all of that was worth it. Mm-hmm. It was your And dream. so if I can give the words of wisdom, because when you're living it and you don't have that wisdom yet, you don't realize that. And I didn't realize that. I just thought, God, this is taking forever. Do <laughs> I do I want to keep doing all these homework assignments yes. and you know, and just like all the all the stuff that comes with it. And it's it's crazy now, Hollywood, too, because I when I I would come home from work, right, after working in the news industry, which is tough, you know, you're hearing all this negative stuff all the time. Yeah. And I'd come home and then I have a, an assignment to do. And I just felt like I didn't have a life. And so then once I so I kept saying, God, I just can't wait till I don't have homework anymore. I just don't want to have homework. I wanna what is my life gonna be like when I go to work and I come home and then I'm just can do whatever I want. Sure. You know? Right. And when that time came, oh my gosh, I was so excited. Like I was emotional on my graduation day and just knowing that and and even on my graduation day that I walked in Washington, I knew I still had, you know, another degree to go after. But um when and when I was done with that second one, I didn't walk or anything. I just got the degree, but Right. It was just like a weight was lifted. Like I'm done. I did it. I got my internship, which got me that job. Then I got a job in Charleston and then I got a job in Seattle. And now I'm working in Jacksonville. Like he just retired. And I came down here when we first met, you know, last March and he still had to stay up there for a few months to finish. And I'm living with my grandma. It's like, I cannot believe that all this has happened. It's, it's amazing. It really is. It really is. You came back to your you never left your purpose. You came back to your core. And that's what I love about, about coming back to Florida where, mm-hmm. where you started and where your dreams really started. And I will say too, that I, when you're asking about confidence, I did have to fake it till I make it. And I know people, you know, that was a phrase for so long that so many people agreed with. And now I can tell, like I'm hearing, you know, oh, don't do that. Don't fake it. But like, sometimes you have to, I, yeah. <laughs> like, I wasn't a fake person like to people, but if I didn't feel confident about something, nobody knew. So like when I was a weather anchor and I didn't have my full degree yet, if there was severe weather, I would be terrified. But do you think the viewers on TV knew that I was? You were, nope. You were cool as a cucumber, girl. I yes, I hid that so well. Acted like I know I am the all-knowing person, the expert that you're coming to. And I will tell you this because people are probably thinking, "Oh my gosh!" So there's people who are talking about severe weather and they don't know what they're <laughs> talking about. No. So here's the thing: in my first TV job, we, there was that place didn't have severe weather, right? So they didn't care if you were a meteorologist or not. There are some stations like that, but if you do work in a severe weather market they want you to have the degree. Like it's almost like a mandatory thing. But like I said, they knew that I was going to school for it. They saw my potential. So they let me come in and do it. Right. So for the most part, if you're watching the news and your person's talking about severe weather, that is a meteorologist. I just got very lucky that they kind of let me in. Right. So I just want to let everybody know that we're not a bunch of hacks out here. But they believed in you (laughs) and they knew you could do it. Exactly. But, and they probably knew it because I was faking, not faking, but 
I, I guess I kind of had to pretend that I thought I deserved it, even though I wasn't sure I deserved it. But that's interesting because you did deserve it. And I've done the same right. thing. You feel like, like you have didn't to pretend think you deserve to deserve something. To, yeah. Oh yeah. Total imposter syndrome. But oh yes, that's the phrase. Exactly. Yeah, total. And I was like, nope, just throw yourself out there and put on your best face. And I think that's the fake it till you make it element. It's right. not, you feel genuine, genuine in what you're doing, but you know, you, you have to try it. You have to throw yourself out there. Right. So there were to- so many times where I felt terrified, like, oh my gosh, like this could be people's lives. You know, I don't want to get this wrong. And if it was really bad, like when we had hurricane coverage, I mean, we all come together, you're never alone, you know, and we'd be on for 24 hours sleeping at the oh station, we'd take 12 hour shifts, but we would do two meteorologists at a time. And I learned so much and then got the degree. And now I feel so much better. But then, you know, after doing weather and then seeing the opportunity for this hosting gig, it just, even though I still love weather, I mean, news kind of changed things for me because, you know, when there is severe weather, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I'm nervous that the viewer is potentially going to get hurt. So that's a lot of pressure on me telling them what to do and where to go and, you know, that kind of thing. But then also the fact that like, I know a lot of people think it's all about the sensationalizing stuff to get the ratings and stuff like that, but it's not, I I could see how it seems that way, Mm -hmm. but it is a very important thing. We do have really bad weather coming our way. And so, yes, the news director will come and say, all right, we got to play this big, you know, because this is a big deal and da 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 And it's just, it's very stressful. And then to be on TV, then, you know, in the day and age we're in with people commenting on what you look like and oh, God. I don't like the way you talk oh, and your God. dress is too tight. Oh, da, 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 da. oh yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, and you know what? That really messed with my confidence at first. Having all the viewers who didn't like me tell me that they didn't or tell me, oh, you said it wasn't going to rain and I had rain on my picnic or what, oh, you know, but gosh. we're not psychics. We're not psychics, you know, we get it wrong, <gasps> but it was so much pressure and then I got, like I said, I, after doing it for a little while, I got better at it because you do get better as you have more experience. But there's still that pressure of, you know, news being so demanding and where am I going to send the crew? You know, where's this weather going to be the worst? And I just didn't like that pressure, honestly. And it made weather a job instead of being fun and a passion. And that's when I realized I'm not enjoying weather anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I still love it, but if there's a thunderstorm, I want to be relaxing my backyard, (laughs) listening to it. Like, that's why I love weather. And yes, I want to talk to the viewer about it. And I love explaining why things are happening. But when it comes down to like, people could die and, you know, death and destruction and the news part of it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that all the time, you know? Yes. And then that's when I was like, I really enjoyed doing the feature stuff. You know, that's like the fun part of news. And then I saw this opening and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I, I mean, I've been filling in weather a couple times here already because they are short staffed currently. Um, you know, so I'm still able to flex that muscle and, and it's still exciting. Like when I filled in, like I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but now I don't have to worry about the stress of what the news comes with. If you know what I mean? I like that because you also made a choice for yourself to make a change there. No, yeah. Another little another little adjustment or change for Jordan. Yeah, and I never thought that would happen. I thought, okay, I'm a meteorologist now. I am exactly where I wanted to be. And and it, you know what's funny too, I don't want it to seem like a, a cop out, like, oh, this is hard. I don't want to do it anymore. Listen, I did it for seven years. Okay. It's not like I gave up. 
And I'm still going to be able to do it here and there. But this, the chief meteorologist I worked with uh, in Seattle, like when I just, you know, the station I had just left to come here, um, he had been in the business like 35 years or something like that, maybe 40. He's like in his seventies and he's still there. And he always got called in if there was snow, because in Seattle, like in Washington, yes, they get snow, especially in the mountains. But in the city, that's not very typical. So anytime you say snow, everybody freaks ah. out, right? So it's, it's again, it's a very stressful situation <laughs> yes. for us. Yes. And so there was one instance where it wasn't going to be a huge snowstorm, but it was, we were going to have some snow and it was on a weekend, which I worked weekends. And they didn't, they said they weren't going to, are you comfortable? Da, da, da. I said, yeah, I can do this. Even though secretly I'm scared inside. Right. Right. But I'm like, I, I know how to read models. All I have to do is relay the message. That's all I have to do. Even if I'm wrong, like I'm just telling you what the model says, you know? So I can't beat myself up too much. Well, they said, all right, well, if you feel comfortable, we're going to let Rich stay home. Oh, and he's like, Jordan, he's like, that's the first time they haven't called me in. And you know what? I actually got to play in the snow. He, so he got married again. So he has adult children, but he also had like a seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he was like, I got to play in the snow with my son for like the first, obviously like when he would get home from his shift, he could play, but it was just, he said it was so different. And he's like, I realized all the things I missed out on. Oh, wow. So when I would tell him, listen, I love weather, but I'm losing my passion of weather and news because it's kind of ruining it for me. Like instead of like enjoying and just seeing the beauty of it, now I've got to like be crazy about like, okay, well, where's it going? And is it going to hurt anybody? And da, da, da. I just didn't like that part of it. And he goes, I can totally understand now because I just realized all that I was missing and that it was like nice to actually enjoy it again. Right. Right. So it, that made me feel better that somebody who's been in the business almost 40 years realized what I was meaning and that I wasn't just trying to get out of it because I was like, I'm stressed. I don't want to deal with this. It right. was it was a quality of life issue. It was a me. good move for you. And yeah. you and you didn't have to learn learn it in retrospect. Right. You know? Right. I was learning along the way and then, you know, anytime you can add something else to your repertoire too. I mean, I it makes me more marketable. So now I can do weather, I can do traffic, I can do feature. Yeah. And um it, it all worked out. It, I'll just say that. It really really did and you're a great host. Let me just say oh, that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, you, you. I'm having a lot of fun. I, I know. And I can tell that you're really happy. And I love that, especially considering everything that you've been through, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Miss Jordan, if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you or have you speak at an event, how can they get in touch with you? Okay. So my email is J just the letter J and then Wilkerson W I L K E R S O N at firstcoastnews.com. So you can email me there. Or you can also find me on social media. Just search Jordan Wilkerson. I believe on Facebook, it's Jordan Wilkerson TV and then uh, um, Instagram and Twitter at Jordan W TV. And yeah, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm pretty active on social media. And it is interesting after, after all this time now, like I said, I was ashamed to talk about stuff and now yeah. it's like empowering. Isn't it? And you I don't it. mind... I don't, yeah, I don't mind spreading my message and especially if it could help somebody. Right. I agree. That's, that's the lesson you learn too. Cause you're like, if it can help somebody else and it's worth me talking about it. So, well, and I think we live in a day and age now too, where people are more accepting of those kinds of things. Like we want to build each other up. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. Cause yeah. we have to, we have to take care mm -hmm. of each other. 
Yeah. So, well, I thank you for joining me today. You're a terrific <laughs> guest. And thank I you. know that your words are going to connect with our listeners. So I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And it's crazy to talk about it like that. It seems like it was just in a flash, right? Yeah. Uh, 15 years in a flash, 17 years in a flash, but I know it's crazy. I'm so proud of myself. I'll just say that. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you too, girl. I'm proud of you too. If you have a tragic situation that becomes a landmark of your life, know that you are not alone. A lot of us have sad and unfortunate things happen in our lives that affect our happiness and confidence. Here are my two tips. Firstly, give yourself time to process and heal from your situation. And I say this because we as humans believe we function in our thinking, but we actually function in our emotions. We have to let ourselves feel vulnerable enough to feel them and move through the harder times. Secondly, know that even if you feel distracted by a tragic event, that you will be able to regain focus and you can get back to your core and purpose and find your confidence again. Those are my parting words today. This is Holly Kaplan. Cheers until the next episode of Talking Confidence. Thank you, Talking Confidence listeners, for joining me today for this episode. If you would like to connect with me personally for confidence coaching or speaking events, you can reach me at hollycaplan.com. If you would like to buy my book, Surviving the Dick Click, A Girl's Guide to Surviving the Male-Dominated Corporate World, you can find your copy at amazon.com. Thanks.